1: The score. This hour is brought to you by Cars for Kids. Call one eight seven seven cards with ak the numeral 4, KIDS. We should
2: all be pulling from the same screen. Not tearing players down. No, we don't tear you down. We all gotta be on a positive screen. You know that music.
1: That means we're saying nice things about the White Sox.
3: Yes, and a lot of the nice things about the White Sox this spring training, look, there really hasn't been anything bad to say about what's happening on the field with the White Sox in spring training. And now a bunch of their players are playing in the World Baseball Classic, and you hope that there aren't any problems. There aren't any injuries and anything like that. Although last night, one of their players looked real bad at the plate.
1: Yeah, Luis Roberts was struggling with sliders that were like Javier Baez-level opposite batter's box and missing by five feet.
4: You know what? Sometimes the best medicine for that is playing alongside your fellow countrymen and then being like, hey, we want you to win, so here's this tip or here's this idea. or Don't you know, swing
1: at that pitch anymore?
4: Something along those lines.
3: I hope that that's what ends up happening. But yesterday... We were kind of talking about the piece about Tony Larusa that that led off with Tony Larusa taking notes and standing next to Jerry Reinsdorf, and it's funny because everything that has been written or said about the White Sox this spring has been about how good things look with Pedro Grifol. How different. And how good? Different. I was trying not to necessarily do a comparison, but just saying that people have been very excited about what they've seen. Folks that have been down there, whether it's Ryan McGuffey or Marshall Harris, who've talked to us about what the White Sox look like, how they look like a more buttoned up outfit. That's why seeing seeing that piece yesterday, you're like, oh man, Like now we got to... We got to do this again when things, like something that is positive about the White Sox is right there and available for people.
4: It had a lot of Andy Dalton, Justin Fields vibes to me. I think that's fair. Nobody's asking for this. Nobody needs to know. Hey, we
1: really like Pedro Graffal. Yeah, but nothing is Tony LaRusse's fault that happened that went bad. I think think one person is asking for it. Really? Because that's that's Nightingale's job is to do that guy's bidding. Mm Mm-hmm.
4: Understand asking questions, but my first question about him right now is: Is he okay? Is he healthy? They because said, health reasons caused him to step yeah, they down. They said he's not;
1: that he is continuing to treatment. receive weekly treatments. But
4: that's, that's that. But but I, I mean,
3: that's why that's I, my
4: main concern.
3: I but I also think that look, we he can be out there as kind of a thing that's connected to his treatment. Like you want to keep a positive attitude when you're going through any type of a medical treatment that's going to take a while. So, yeah, if some fresh air, th- places where you feel good, where you're not dwelling on going through the treatment. So I'm okay with that, and I've always been okay with give Tony a polo instead of a jersey.
4: And for that matter, I think a lot of people can say when when you're sick of any way, the first thing you want to be able to do is something in your daily life that right. resembles your daily life. Right. However, in this case... Nobody needed to know. Correct. And it's like well, it's almost undermining the activity of the person you're paying to do the job that's
3: that's kind of the point where it doesn't need to be a focus and by making it the lead in that story, you make it a focus and it it doesn't have to be. That being said, if you want to know why people are excited about Pedro Grio, take a listen to him because you know I'm, I, white Sox fans are still getting to know him. But this is him talking about how the camp is structured and the things that he
2: wants from his team. Just uh, spoke to them today about, you know, the little things of the game, the fundamentals, the opportunistic base running. Being a a really good base running team is not so much about base stealing as it is being opportunistic of 90 feet and being prepared for that 90 feet. Uh, We spoke about that today. We also talked about on the offensive side, just knowing exactly who you are uh, as, a, as a player, if you're a run producer or a table setter, or you're a guy that can do both, and, and just understand that a lot of things are going to be asked of you um, at the plate, and with the bat, whether it's, you know, the, the bunts, the, hit, the safeties, the hidden runs, the, the move them overs all that stuff is really, really important to us. I know it's March 7th, but again, uh, I'll stress this again, that it, March 25th, to address these things, is too late, and... That's what I meant before when I said you can't win it in the spring, but you can certainly lose it in the spring. So I just want to make sure that as a team, that we are focused on these little things that are going to help us again, win two to one ball game. And I know we're, I know we're working on the 10 to one ball game. I know everybody's working on that. Everybody likes to hit balls over the fence and doubles and triples and the whole works. Um, but we got to prepare ourselves to win every type of ball game that we are presented with. So. They're working their butts, their butts off. Uh, the staff is doing an incredible job. They're extremely detailed. Um, I'm happy where we're at. Uh, it's just today was, you know, I told you that I that had expectations and my expectations weren't going to be focused on the end of the season. They're going to be focused on seven to ten day period. And today is March 7th, and today was the next day. Today was the time for us to talk about expectations for the next seven to ten days. So that's that's where we're at.
0: Were those expectations any different than the previous seven?
2: Uh, they were. I was a little more, uh, you know, lenient on, you know, signs and missing signs and, you know, some of that stuff. And um, you know, it's time to, to refocus and understand that those are those little things are extremely important. So the expectations are, are ramped up a little bit for the next next seven to ten days, and we got to focus. We got to focus on the little things. Um, so. Yes, they were. And it wasn't so much that they were different. It's just the level of urgency um, that is involved in these next seven to ten days is really important. Sometimes expectations remain the same, but the level of urgency is completely different. This team uh, last year wasn't a very good defensive Team, and there hasn't been a lot of personal changes how can it be better this year is your expectation that it will be that's another expectation that we talked about this morning we got to secure the baseball we got to throw the ball to the right base we got to have cutoff guys in the right situations um, and um, again you know those were expectations the previous times we talked about it but the level of urgency is a little greater right now we're getting closer you know we're not there yet but we're getting closer to opening day and um, this is how we're going to win a lot of games, you know, be able, being able to be fundamentally sound, being able to, you know, to prevent the other team from being opportunistic against us. You know, I, that's something that I envision this club uh, working on throughout the spring and getting better at for sure. We're, like you said, we're not, we haven't changed much of the personnel. You know, we just got to, we just got to refocus on the things that are important and the things that are going to help us do the things we want to do.
1: March 25th is too late. March 25th is too late. Yeah. You That'll can't e-
3: win a World Series in the spring, but you can lose one in the spring.
1: He he also was asked about the performance of the apparent likely right fielder at the moment. Maybe.
3: In- if you need to kind of listen to what... What Pedro says here about I, Oscar Colas? I know Oscar
1: Colas is hitting what 429 or something like that so far in the spring. At another two hits, and this is just 60 seconds of what the manager thinks of
2: this prospect. He's uh, he's put together some really good at bats, and we have stuck him in some tough situations. You know, the other day we started started him against Martin, and um, he had a really he fell but fell behind 02 and battled, and ended up getting a base hit. So he's showing ability to. To handle left-handed pitching, good left-handed pitching, certainly as bad as uh, capable of doing some, some nice things in the big leagues, we have to address the other things, the things that are important to this club and this organization and to the culture that we are um, establishing here, which is being fundamentally sound, uh, running the bases, being prepared for opportunities, um, and those are the things that we're focusing on with him. We know he's going to focus on his hitting. He gets here early and he's in that cage and he'll do whatever he needs to do. But there's a lot of work being done on the base running and the outfield, throwing to the right bases, getting behind balls, you know, to, to throw and not, not being flat footed. And those are all things being addressed. And if he can show that uh, he can progress in these things, uh, I think he's going to be a good player. Uh, okay.
3: Uh huh. You can hit all you want, but if you if if you can't play the position,
1: that's a shot across the bow, is what that is.
3: Yeah, you come in here early and get your work done in the cage. We see you in the cage. Perhaps you should maybe get in here early and do some work on the track. Wow. But you know
4: what that also is? That's managing. Correct. That's pointing out the deficiency in your game and saying we're going to hold you to improving this.
1: We know we can handle the bat a little bit, but uh, throw to the right base getting behind balls, not being flat-footed, do the things that are important to the culture of this team. Wow.
4: But that's also...
1: Gavin, grab your big glove, huh?
4: That's also a message that other potential outfielders can take to heart as well. Mm -hmm. I think you've seen that a little bit. And the weight loss commitment, and just trying to to get back on track. And yeah,
3: Eloy, Eloy, like when he said he had lost thirty pounds, me and Dan looked at each other like, no, he didn't. And then I saw the video,
1: and I was like, maybe yes, he, he did. did. I know 30's a lot. It's a but lot, but on his
4: but- on his height and his frame, I I think you can you can tell when he's running. And you know what else? It's less it's less weight pulling on those muscles. That's right.
3: His commitment to fitness has been very impressive. I'm glad
4: but it but it's the same idea right it's the same idea like you, this didn't start for him in February and I think that that's important when we're talking about this team in particular based on what Pedro Grifol has said earlier the stuff about Colos though I think that tempers all of our expectations to think that he might be up here for the opening series against Houston
1: that's kind of what he's telling you
4: yeah, that's it. There's some like,
1: work. That, I mean,
3: there's still plenty of time, and he'll get more opportunities because there are people missing from from the White Sox because of the WBC.
1: So what are the options if it's not Colas? It could be Sheets,
4: Eloy Jimenez.
1: It could theoretically be Eloy, but you're the uh, no.
4: I mean. That's kind of,
3: it's interesting because that's one of the stories that we haven't heard a ton about. Like going in, he
4: said it though.
3: Going into camp, we heard a lot about well, Eloy is going to try to be an outfielder. But since they got to Glendale, there hasn't been, unless I missed something, I haven't seen a lot from Vance Gowen or from Fegan about how Eloy is progressing as a right fielding prospect.
4: Well, and you guys asked James Feegan yesterday about positional battles, and I would, I would suggest that that would be one that would have come up if if it were the case. I think Eloy might still be waiting to see how it plays out, but he said multiple times over multiple years that he still wants to play in the outfield.
3: Including before this one, he was adamant about it. And, And you hope that the work that he put in to get his body into the shape that it's in right now, that he continues to put that work in, even if he's not the everyday right fielder of this team. Well,
4: let's just ask this question. Was part of the reason he lost weight because he wanted to play better in the outfield? Did he think that might have helped him? I think if, if probably. It might not have just been directly correlated to his base running.
3: No, I, I think it's it's probably mostly related to him wanting to show the commitment that he's put in to, to become an everyday outfielder.
4: I'll say this about him. His love of life is evident. like Legendary. That's joie de vivre at its finest but I don't knock the guy's work ethic. Like he always says he wants to do more and that's really showing it.
1: I think they will give him a chance to show that he can play a day a week. I'm fine with that in the outfield.
4: But I appreciate the fact that he's, he's out there saying he wants to like, to me that is valuable and it holds value on a team where you're hearing the manager say, well, who are we going to get today?
1: But, But on that day when he does play the outfield, Make it left.
4: Yeah, like it's, it's to me, it's the same principle of like Carlos Rodon really wants to start your playoff game. That's awesome, but Carlos Rodon's shoulder was really injured. Like I love Aunt to, but you have to balance it with the actual execution here.
5: Just a little note on Oscar Colas, by the way, if he makes the opening day roster and say he wins rookie of the year, the White Sox get a first round comp pick. So maybe there's a little incentive for the White Sox to start him. I don't know how much they take that into account, but it's I, there.
3: I wonder what that is versus, you know, his clock management. You know, like... The contract clock, you mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, is that worth it to them? I mean, in, in this th- at this point, they have to be thinking, give me the best 26, right? Like, they have to be thinking that.
1: They're
4: in their
3: window. I mean, they're at the end of their window.
4: And it's Lance Lynn. He's your window Right. Like his
3: contract is the window. Yeah, that defines yeah. the window.
4: That's my guy. That's my guy for defining the window. That's a
3: good point. Him defining the window is I define windows
4: by certain players contracts. Like with the Bears it was Khalil Mack.
1: <laughs> oh. Oh, he could be a cap casualty. You see that?
3: Bring him back. <clears throat> nah, no, can't play in this system. Right? Probably not. Kyle little too light to put his hand on the ground.
1: I think He's
4: de- done it before. I think it depends on who the Bears draft. And the person who I'm thinking they draft.
3: Will Anderson? Mr. Drawn, Anderson. Has
4: drawn some comps to him already.
3: He's a really good player. And I think people weren't, people were so infatuated with Jalen Carter. Go look at the Will Anderson tape.
4: For the, everything. The guy
3: is a monster.
4: And and let's face it, for everything off the field that matters to the Bears, he's checking those boxes as well.
3: For now, yes, he seems to be checking those
1: boxes. When we return, a compatriot of ours at our sister station had a response to a caller that uh, I thought was absolutely tremendous and uh, even sent him a note on Twitter to say, good on you, way to go, because uh, it's not just... It, not just things that are, are talked about here. Uh, I know there. Every, every market's different in the, the sports culture, and New York is a very different sports culture than Chicago in a lot of ways. But uh, there was uh, there, there was a, a response from Gio, the Boomer and Gio show, Greg Giannotti, that uh, I think you need to hear. That's next on the score. <laughs>
5: You're listening to Bernstein and Holmes, midday, 10 to 2 on Sports Radio 670 The Score at 670thescore.com in Odyssey Station.
1: There's still a lot of ignorant people out there, and sometimes sports talk brings out just some of the worst of the worst of the worst. And I will say that. In- I'll tell you what nobody's talking. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each
0: line is only twenty-five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? Over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty-five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch.
1: I know after my uh, recent hospitalization, we've done, we've been talking a lot about mental health, and we do talk a lot about mental health on on, on this show and on other shows when it comes to sports and, and else, and the, the reality and significance of it and what it means to people in their daily lives, how it affects athletes, and I, I'm, I'm proud of it. I'm proud of the fact that the, the score listener is really cool with it, and and in general, very understanding of what's going on. I can't say that that's the case for a sister station in New York and their audience, perhaps, and that's what Greg Giannotti of the Boomer and Geo show ran into because he's also been open about his uh, maintenance of his mental health and what he has gone through in the past, and it came to a head when uh, a, a caller pissed him off for good
5: reason. So yeah, I had yeah. a legit anxiety but, but, attack that day, and that's what was but, going on. No, so you're, no, you're no, taking on that thing. That's the thing you're going to point out. You're going to go to the no, mental illness that, bucket and bring that one in no, now. No, that was a I legit they, anxiety attack. So so give me another give me another example. In general, I think you're soft. You haven't you can't you can't keep yourself on since you, uh, since high school. You couldn't keep yourself on on, on a playing field. What are you talking you know, about? But, what do you mean I couldn't? I wasn't good at your playing your sports. Teachers. You always injured, and they show that that clip of you running down the first baseline. Yeah, I got yeah because I was fat and out of shape and had a bad hamstring. Well, what, what, what are you like? Uh, you run marathons or something? I don't understand. I'm not an no. athlete. I'm a talk show host. What does that have to do with anything? No, no, I I I, I don't run marathons. I, okay, so what does me like not athletes. being an athlete have to do about how I do my job, which is to entertain? Well, let me let me ask you a question, or let me ask Boomer a question. No, no, ask you me know, a question. I you're, I you're bringing it to me. Keep him out of it. Let's go. <laughs> you've had, had terrible okay. points so far. You've brought up a panic attack and called that soft, which is complete BS. You look at it and hang up on you at that point. And, and, you've, and you've said that you're soft what? because you're not an athlete and you're supposed to be an athlete when you're a talk show host. So, so Why? far, you've had complete and utter crap for your point. So, keep talking to me. What else do you got? No, that that's right. But you know what? You can say that from my point of view – an anxiety attack like that, you know what? I'm I'm of the mindset and I'm probably more from I'm I'm, I'm older than you. You know, you just gotta suck it up. Oh my god, <laughs> you are you you serious, Bill? You gotta suck it up. You know how many people have killed themselves because they were told to suck up their mental illness? Seriously. You know how many people? That's the most insulting thing I've heard all the time. I've had I've gone to therapy, I'm on two different medications, I'm trying my best to get through the things that I have wrong with me, and you're telling me to suck it up? I mean, this is why you get a lot of people who go through real trauma that are out in like wars and then come back here and kill themselves because they were told to suck it up because a guy's like you, bill in Connecticut, cuz I'm soft because I had a panic attack. That's a real thing, man. It's a real thing. What are we doing? You're soft cuz you had a panic attack. It's 2023, man, and I'm not I'm that's not going to hurt me anymore. It's not. Tell that to guys like Kevin Love. Kevin Love, who by the way, in the NBA suffers from anxiety. He doesn't get hurt. He's not soft. He plays professional sports. Does that live up to your standard bill in Connecticut? He's got anxiety. Is that okay? Is that okay? There's people who've fought in wars who have come back way tougher than I'll ever be and have anxiety. Are they soft? Those of us who admit that we've got issues, whether it be depression or anxiety, and deal with it in our lives to get to be in a better place, are not soft. You, my friend, you are the soft one. The last thing that people are who confront their mental issues to have a better life for them and their families is soft. That's the last effing thing. I'm of the old school. No, you're not. You're an idiot. You're an idiot who hasn't developed. Don't give me that crap. Don't ever bring that crap in here again. You're soft if you're mentally ill or have anxiety.
1: That was Gio of Boomer and Gio, Greg Giannotti. And uh, I made sure to send him a note and say, you go. Because as another talk show host in this same company who is dealing with the same things. I appreciate his response.
4: It's sad that he had to even have it. But for those of you who still think it, I would present that as a response.
1: And I would also say that for when, when I looked at the response on Twitter, because you know, I tagged him on there and it was almost entirely the people who were supporting bill in Connecticut Almost all New Yorkers, not not people here. That's why I say the sports culture is still different out there. I
3: think overall people are coming around to understanding some of this stuff in a different way because it's hitting them more personally. But there's always going to be this thing of folks that have privilege or money don't have some of this stuff (laughs) and and that's unfortunate that people think that one you can buy your way out of you can buy your way out of some of your problems but you can't buy your way out of all of your problems and I think that people are more in tune with looking at athletes as human beings talk show hosts maybe not as much but athletes as human beings seeing that they do have problems that they need to to work through. I also think that the last 3 years has damaged us in ways that we
1: we will be studying for 50 years. Oh talk talk to therapists about that, about how we're only seeing the first effects. How about how about young people who weren't even aware of what was going on. You're talking about toddlers who the first faces they could comprehend were masked for as long as they were. And what happened to the interruption of social development at critical young ages and when that's going to start to matter. Yes.
4: Uh, We're just now getting to the point where the generation of kids who live their entire lives thinking they might be shot in school at any given time and not knowing they're safe are now trying to live their lives in the workforce constructed in a way that we don't understand. We didn't have to grow up with that. I would present that. And then secondly, I think that in certain spaces, and sports talk radio is one of them, it's still a place where people will go to escape women or Mm. that's their Mm -hmm. refuge for masculinity and that that's not masculine by their definition. When I at least would argue that is incredibly strong no matter what your definition or role assignment might be what he is doing is strong that is strength
1: and we should note that that call began with that guy bill in Connecticut rephrase we should call this the boomer and mary show so he tried to insult geo by calling him by a woman's name because femininity to him is is not strong so that was the best insult that the caller could come up with
4: and something tells me that if, if that guy went through what people I know go through on a casual basis every twenty eight days, he wouldn't be able to handle it. But that's not the point either. The point is sports encompasses a lot of different people. And I like to say we're not every segment is for everybody. But in the same way that we at least get to paint a wide brush, it's just not the same, I think, in other places. It's still the show off your peacock tail, like mm-hmm. that kind of I don't want to call it toxic masculinity because I don't think that's what it necessarily is. I do think that you're yeah. right,
3: though, that this is a place where, for a long time, people would use this as a megaphone to try and prove their masculinity in sports. Like I, I always- mean,
4: and I get that. Like I'm not saying don't do it necessarily. It's <laughs> just that guy's not soft if he's different from you. Well,
3: I used to I joke about like this when it comes to all of the geek stuff where. Oh, well, you like comic books. I'm like, yeah, I'm, yeah. A little, I'm a little geeky about comic books and you know the billions and billions of dollars that you spent on going to comic book movies. Um, but it's not that fanaticism isn't any different than you painting your face and going to a Bears game. It's not any different. You go to Comic-Con every week at Soldier Field. You, you go eight times a year to Comic-Con with people cosplaying as football players by wearing jerseys of football players on their back. And and so I think that that, like, as Generation X has grown up into a place where some of that stuff was closeted when you, you didn't want to, like, oh, you like, I can't believe you like comic books. How can you also like sports? What? And then you saw like some of the athletes themselves. He's one of the reasons why Lance Briggs and I bonded because he's such a big like comic book fan. And we used to talk about this stuff in in the locker room. And then there were other guys. Where you're like, Oh, I didn't know that you were into that or you were into that. It's it, sports radio. I think for the most part is grown up in a, in a big important way in that regard. and, you know, Dan will probably again blush at this, but I do think that the old Boers and Bernstein show played a significant role in this market in changing the way that sports radio is done. Obviously, there's still some theater that comes along with it, but it's different here. And I think that there's a lot of places around the country where people are trying to make it different. But there is still, when the the call element is part of it, there's this like I don't know, like confrontational thing that has to happen, and you you kind of reduce arguments down to misogyny, calling someone a girl, and trying to make it so that someone is soft. It's it's very it's a very strange phenomenon that I think is being rooted out.
1: I think so too, and, and it it, and it made me based on the response that we got a couple of weeks ago. It made me proud of uh, the 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 and 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 pleased and humbled by the response that I got to sharing what I went through and the number of people who came out and just said, "Hey, I went through this as well," or and and, and thank you for sharing that. And here's something that might help. And here is here are the anxieties that I deal with, and thank you for giving voice to some of this stuff, because it, it's okay to not be okay.
4: That's it. It is okay to not be okay. And additionally, I think one of the, the best things I've ever done in my career was when we did the show about the Blackhawks report that came out about the sexual assault, when people felt like they were comfortable enough to text in anonymously on the text line saying, this happened to me and nobody believed me. Yeah. And us being able to say, that's wrong. Somebody should have been there for you. Like, that's that's the place I want to make people feel like they can be.
1: I still have people to this day. I don't know how, the, the Penn State stuff was 10 years ago. And I and, and to this day, I have people coming up and, and saying, hey, thank you. I, I had... A, a similar experience due to a whatever it was a a sports program or a, a social group or a religious organization and of of just fighting for the right people for the right reasons matters it matters here and and I'm 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 glad that uh that Greg Giannotti was was one of those who did the right thing.
4: Yeah, you're welcome in our house. That's yeah. that's what we're trying to tell you. Yes, that's that's kind you're of You're welcome the goal, in our house.
3: For sure. You know there's more food here. More, this yeah. is
4: Wednesday. Where there's pizza on we- Wednesday, there's pizza, pizza yeah. Pizza on Wednesday,
3: they just brought in like four but pies. I,
4: I thought pizza was for Friday. Oh. Maybe
3: this is their Friday, I don't know. This is very well, you know, confusing. it's score style, it's pizza Friday on a Wednesday on the score, yeah. On the score
1: bears.
4: Um, <laughs> this is my last segment because I gotta go to work. All right, go to I'll work. See you guys this isn't in- work. I'll see you guys in two weeks. Uh, I
3: also have to catch a plane. Your so. girl's
4: going to South by Southwest. So, uh oh. Maybe Uh-oh. I come back. Maybe I don't.
1: Uh-oh. Uh oh. Well, please come back. Yeah, Will
4: please. Layla come nice. back?
1: That would be Indeed. nice. Uh, when we come back, <laughs> I don't know. Owner <laughs> I of an, just... The owner of an NBA team knows what's important in renovating a stadium. Dan Bernstein, Lawrence
5: Holmes, Middays 10 to 2 on 670 The Score and 670thescore.com in Odyssey Station.
1: It's kind of quaint now with that we found out that Steve Ballmer paid $2 billion for the Clippers, right? Yes. And we're saying, oh my God, $2 billion. And then we found out that Matt Ishbia paid... Four billion for the Phoenix Suns.
3: Yep. Right? Those were the days, huh? Well,
1: Steve Baum, are they they redoing what was the Staples Center and then it was like Crypto Dingus Arena?
3: Yes, but what they're doing is they're focusing a lot more on the fan experience. And while he might seem a little bit overly excited, he should be about this and you should be too.
5: Toilets! 1106 Toilets times the nba average number of toilets and urinals we do not want people waiting in line we want them to get back to their damn seats uh, at the end of the half before the game clocks i'm pumped <laughs> toilets <laughs> urinals
3: look man if you're a fan going to games
1: You should be super excited about this. And it's good business. Yes. Because it gets people back to the concessions faster. That's right. All of that time standing in line and waiting is is a time that people aren't spending money. Right.
5: Work, 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 work. (laughs) I
1: enjoy him. I
3: don't know if I would ever want to sit next to him for a game. But I might want to sit (laughs) in the same section and just kind of like... Observe. Like see... See what's going on and who's sitting with him and all of that good stuff.
5: Pretty cool, pretty damn cool.
3: It
1: is pretty cool. If it's
5: all about the Larry O'B. Uh,
1: oh, the Larry O'Brien Trophy. If uh, Parkinson and Spiegel are done with their pizza, they will.
3: There is a feast here, but listen. Um, I am getting emails from Southwest Airlines that says that the weather. <laughs> is really, really great in Arizona. <laughs> and um, I apologize for my lack of professionalism, <laughs> but uh, I have a flight that I need to catch uh, so I can be in the 80-degree weather of the greater Phoenix area. So I'm going to leave. Okay. I'm going to leave right now All right. before transition. All um, right. Peace and love. Peace and love. Got to make sure that we leave with peace and love. And uh, I will be joining you tomorrow from... Phoenix, Odyssey, Phoenix, and then I will go over to Sloan and watch the Cubs and the White Sox play on Friday. And
1: get a special Pe- guest?
3: Yeah, I'm going to try to get us a couple of people there, but I am leaving with peace and love, and I apologize, again, for my, for my lack of professionalism, and I will see you tomorrow. This- Woo! T-Mobile has invested billions
0: to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours